man, leadership is really based on influence and you can really influence at every level. And when you really look at that through the lenses of servant leadership, it's very empowering because that really means you can be, you can be a leader at any time. Twins Talk It Up podcast, where my identical twin brother and I share our thoughts and provide solutions for executives and professionals who want to become masters of speaking and communicating so that they can maximize their influence and impact. Yes, we are identical twins who happen to also be public speakers, executive coaches, and sales leaders. Our company, DSB Leadership Group, focuses on equipping leaders who want to speak with confidence and authority, all while using their authentic voice. Here on the Twins Talk It Up podcast, we present topics about communication and leadership from our perspective as individuals and as twins. Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. The servant leadership philosophy and practices have been expressed in many ways and has been applied over the years to some degree of success. My twin brother and I have been enjoying this run of having entrepreneurs on our program And we're going to continue that dialogue, rethink leadership, talk about entrepreneurship, and we're going to do this with our friend who is a serial entrepreneur. You're going to love hearing about the passion that flows from him. He's an incredible man, incredible leader, great background. He has a background as an executive coach, speaker, and an engineer within the aerospace industry. He is certified Lean Six Sigma Greenbelt and serves as a senior systems integration business analyst for Lockheed Martin. Our guest, Trey Wright, is also the founder and owner of One Cube Up. Trey, welcome to Twins Talk It Up. Man, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. That was awesome. Amazing introduction. Hey, Trey, this is Danny. So from time to time, you'll hear either David or myself speak. So I just want to let you know, love your background. When I first began my engineering career back in the day. I was actually an aerospace engineering student at FAMU, Florida A&M University. Uh, when I transferred to Howard University, after that to be close to my identical twin brother, I transitioned to mechanical engineering. Uh, we didn't have necessarily have a aerospace engineering for, uh, program, nor do we have Florida State next to us where we can do the classes with the Florida State University students. So I'm really excited to have you on board. Excellent background. First of all, you and I, from a technical background, I'm going to say we think alike. And because of that, you and I are probably closer friends than you and David. Uh, that's another story <laughs> as well. But one of the great things about what Dave said about you and, and your background, you actually have a great project management background as well. And you do a lot of work with the DOD, a lot of work with the federal government, and specifically in the role that you're in at, at this moment also has a lot of work in the background. But the one thing that stands out to me is improving methodologies, implementing cost savings, incentives, quality initiatives, all this for the advanced systems that you're working on. Can you share a little bit more though about your leadership journey, how your technical background, the way you think, the way you process things, how that led you up to beginning One Cube Up? Man, I, I love to, uh, most definitely. And But I remember just my mom being in the household, my mom, she would always uh, just tell me the importance of living up to my potential. And, and she would be, you know, what I thought at the time was harder on me than, you know, the rest of the kids around me and all of my peers at the time, right? So, 
you know, she kind of ingrained this ethic within me to, hey, you know, give it your best shot. Try it. You got this potential inside of you. Um, and I'm going to hold you to a standard that really seeks to live that potential out. What I began to learn uh, as I got into, you know, later on in high school and in the in the college, uh, I learned to see like the value in doing the jobs that nobody else wanted to do. Uh, and that really led me into leadership um, because I, I began to serve in the ways that people thought was like, ew, yucky. You know, they really didn't want to do that. Uh, I, I remember cleaning up toilets at <laughs> Burger King and at different grocery stores. Uh, and I found myself kind of getting promoted, you know, through those things. And this really came into effect because uh, when I got to college, man, I fell flat on my face. I, I picked this major aerospace engineering. That's what I wanted to do since I was age 12, 13. And that was the only major I was going to do. So when I got three years in, I was still a freshman at Auburn University and, uh, uh, via my credits. Right. Um, and I was just falling flat on my face at everything. And so I learned, I was like, man, well, let me begin to just see if I could serve people. I became a believer at that time. And I was just like, man, let me let me just continue just doing what I know, picking up the grunt work, picking up the grunt work. Um, so again, I picked up the school stuff. I ended up graduating, barely getting out, but I couldn't get a good job because I had a 2.2. <laughs> I had the, the lowest of C averages. Uh, and this, again, this played into my, my, my style of servant leadership because I knew in order to get the job, I had to continue cleaning up the dirt, right? Doing the, taking the, taking the jobs and getting the work that nobody else wanted. So when I finally got my foot in the door, uh, with Lockheed Martin, I just lived by that. You know, I took all the all the work. Uh, I I identified the waste, um, and I, I was the one who cleaned it up. And it actually led into me getting certified as Lean Six Sigma. Um, I started out as a quality engineer, uh, but that's that's really what what kind of played into my 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 leadership roles and my advancement in my career. We'll be right back after this short break. We want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Live Love Thanks. Live Love Thanks helps purpose-driven women leaders, executives, and entrepreneurs to permanently eliminate clutter and end stress and overwhelm so they can move forward in their careers, relationships, and health. Visit LiveLoveThanks.com for impactful coaching and program professional women's. I am delighted to announce that App Meetup's customers can now benefit from the presentation and speaking training courses with our integration and partnership with DSB Leadership Group. DSB Leadership Group is committed to providing training and resources to support professionals becoming more effective communicators and increase their impact and value. And that is the reason why App Meetup and DSB Leadership Group have formed a partnership to make sure that our MSPs, which is you, can be effective and powerful speakers in the community. Whether you are hosting a major conference, a specialized training, or a year-end corporate event, finding the right keynote speaker or breakout speaker should be at the top of your priority list. Partner with Elite Speaker Services to book speakers according to your specifications and needs. Elite Speaker Services has the depth of speakers and the experience to bring you peace of mind and a successful event. Go to EliteSpeakerServices.com 
for all your event needs. Let us deliver the message your audience needs to hear. Let us deliver beyond your expectations. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners. 20% off products or services on our website. Just send us an email with the subject line podcast, and we will send you that special discount code at dsbleadershipgroup.com. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. Uh, so I, I noticed, again, as a, as a junior engineer, Nobody was asking questions, you know, nobody was being vulnerable about who they really were. Uh, and it took, for me, that was a huge temptation because here I am, I'm working at the company, my dream company, by the way, I dreamed to work at Lockheed Martin. Um, I developed that dream when I was 13 because of the SR-71 uh, Blackbird. But uh, I started, you know, just realized, man, nobody's being vulnerable here. And I had no choice but to be vulnerable because... Again, I, I knew I didn't know what needed to be known to be successful because I knew like I, I barely graduated. Um, I was very close to my story. I was very close to my failures in, in college. Uh, so I began to ask questions and I, be, I began to become uh, this kind of glue guy for the team. Um, I began to, to build bridges between the different generations um, you know, I, I kind of stood in this gap between my uh, my peers who were, uh, you know, new new college hires, early twenties, and the guys who were leading the projects. You know, late forties, fifties, maybe even sixties, if they're they're up on the in, into their leadership roles. Um, and I began to you know be unashamed about coming to those guys and just asking them for help. So I sought sought early mentorship. And um, I saw, again, that that turned into me being promoted, me getting jobs done efficiently and effectively. Uh, so I developed this passion to really teach people, uh, you know, some of the some of the things that I guess can be looked at as intangible. Um, and you know, I really sought after teaching that to my peers. So I taught them, man, how to be a person who's connected, how to network effectively, how to be open and vulnerable about not knowing what you're doing and to effectively get guidance, how to seek that mentorship. And again, that just turned into, turned into me wanting to do that more and more. And as I took on more and more mentors and I, I, uh, and I took on more and more mentees uh, as, my, as myself being a mentor, I was like, man, you know what? There's a space here. There's a gap here. And that's how me and my wife really formed One Cube Up uh, because we were thinking like, hey, help is always one cube up it's right next door you know help is right around the corner so it's, it's really a, a company that's built on uh the belief that resourcefulness um is, is definitely related to proximity uh, it's not that far away uh so you know that's what we seek to replicate and right now really i seek to connect stem professionals with the resources they need to empower uh themselves and own their career development so that's fantastic. This is Danny. First of all, for the younger audience members who don't know what the cubicle is. <laughs> uh, back in the day before everyone was forced to work home because of COVID, uh, cubicles were the way to go where you can actually walk to the next cubicle, walk to talk to your supervisor, walk around the corner to talk to somebody to get assistance, to get help, to get guidance, and to receive some mentorship. 
So I love the angle on the word one cube up. Uh, there are companies that are going back to the office. Don't get me wrong. I think that's fantastic. And so for the newer, fancier office where they don't have the big cubicle walls going straight up, um, you can still see your neighbors. This is the same methodology. You want advice, you want mentorship, you go, you just go get it. That's where it's at. So thank you very much, Trey. I appreciate that. This is David, by the way. Um, what I want to say is I, I love the way that you gave a backdrop into your character, into what drives you, and really how you started One Cube Up, which I love that. And I appreciate you sharing that. You know, what's interesting is that uh, a few years ago, around 11 years ago, there was a show that was on TV called Undercover Boss. And in that show, what's interesting about it, you get these high level executives, majority of them were owners of these big companies, and they would go in, quote unquote, undercover to one of those locations or a couple of locations and learn their employees role, what they did, how they felt about the company, how they felt about the person who was running the company. And it really was amazing. This Emmy winning show did a couple of things. It revealed in some ways that some of these owners had a disconnect. And it also revealed in some ways that these owners, when they rolled up their sleeves, they not only understood what their people went through, they actually became better leaders themselves. And that whole adage of what it means to be a servant leader took on a new uh, meaning. And so for what you went through in your, your understanding growing up, going to college at Auburn University, which I see you wearing that polo there, but then you took that not from there, but just to your job at Lockheed Martin and then now starting one cube up, it's whole, that, that entire mindset of, I want to understand what people are going through, what they're thinking. And when you're able to connect on that level, then that's when you empower them. That's when you embolden them to be their best. And to me, that's the model and definition of what a servant leader should be. Uh, were there any other characteristics or, or aspects of servant leadership that you said, Dave, I didn't want to just define it in, or reading in the book. I want to live it out. Were there any other aspects of servant leadership you believe are invaluable for company owners and business leaders to know? You know what, David, you, Dave, you mentioned a great thing uh, just in, in general about the other perspectives or the other angles of servant leadership that really stood out to me. Uh, one is, I'll be honest with you, um, I was empowered early on by a mentor, uh, several levels above me um, in, my, in my current uh, company with Lockheed Martin. Um, and he, he reminded me that, taught me that, man, leadership is really based on influence. And you can really influence at every level. And when you really look at that through the lenses of servant leadership, it's very empowering because that really means you can be a, you can be a leader at any time. So as a as a leader, um, I've learned that by empowering those who are, uh, you know, quote unquote, under me on the org chart, by empowering them, uh, that helps our, our organization go further, that helps our team accomplish more. And by helping them and instilling within them that, you know, by being a servant and utilizing your current influence, you can be a leader, man, that just, that just helps us all grow further. So that will be one other thing that really sticks out to me is serve, about servant leadership. Being a contracted engineer, man, that's, that's a cold world, man. I'll tell you, like, you know, you're, you're there to help get the job done, but the company ain't really trying to pour any resources into you, to be honest. <laughs> you know, they're expecting you to just help. Um, so even if they have like a, uh, for instance, they have a new manufacturing execution software, right? So that's that's running things on the shop floor. And mm -hmm. all of their, their badged employees, their direct employees, all of them are getting training, right? 
you as a contractor probably won't be privy to that training. So you got to do extra, you know, to, to go out, um, really net. I, I had to network myself into mm. getting inside of those trainings. <laughs> um, I had to, you know, charter some, some projects and, and kind of show them, Hey, you'll save this amount of money. We can get this done faster. Um, and then I had to actually deliver. Uh, but you know, through that, that kind of grind, I, again, I learned, man, Hey, uh, leadership is about that influence at whatever level you are. Even if you're, you know, you're kind of lowest on the totem pole, you can still serve and therefore you can still lead effectively. Um, so man, yeah, that's, that's the angle. I, good, I good. Yeah. This is David, by the way, Trey, and I appreciate you sharing that. And it's so true that for so many people, they don't understand that leadership can be taken to another level in terms of serving and seeing the roles of your employees or your staff members through their own eyes. And what I wanted to throw out there before I ask you this question is that I guess it's not an oxymoron to say that you can lead and serve at the same time, because it's true, you can. And for those of us that are here in this program, and if you're out there listening right now and you haven't already done so, push the pause button, make sure you subscribe to Twins Talk It Up because your interaction, your engagement is what leads us to find incredible guests and bring you great content. Now, what I wanted to ask you, Trey, is that, you know, a servant leader focuses primarily on the growth and the well-being of the people that they serve and in the communities to which they belong. Now, traditional leadership can say, no, 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 it's about accumulating power. It's about making sure that the person at the top gets more, they, they seize more, everything is meant to, quote, unquote, serve the, serve the best interests of their clients. But in reality, the person at the top seems to be in that position where they're getting more. And servant leadership is designed differently. Speak a little bit more. You let you alluded to this earlier, but can you speak a little bit more about how a servant leader can share power, how they can actually share and divvy out responsibility to others around them? Definitely, uh, it's it's kind of in opposition or uh, in direct contrast to uh, what the uh, we would say the the world looks at leadership as. Um, you know, they do look at it as hey kind of this is this is my power and I'm going to lord it over you uh, type deal, right? But when it comes to servant leadership, you know, again, it's it's about, uh, I really would say um, serving from, from underneath through lifting others up, uh, serving from behind by pushing others forward, uh, or even if you do find yourself ahead, right? Uh, serving by pausing and kind of guiding people to get to where you are and even go further. Um, in, in a practical sense, um, it's, I love this quote by Zig Ziglar, right? He's like, hey, if you, if you want to be, be rich, he's just using rich as an example, right? If you want to be rich, help as many people as possible become rich, you know, help them achieve their goals. And then, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll achieve your goal in doing that. And of course, that's, that's kind of a derivative of what Christ says in the Bible. He says, you know, the greatest among you shall be the servant of all. Um, and it's this idea and this concept that by, by lifting others up, by pouring everything I, I have into everyone else, or by putting people in, in the proper position to receive the overflow or whatever's being rained down upon them, right, you're going to get uh, you know, you're going to be able to receive it as well. Um, and I've heard people also talk about how, you know, water, um, if you look at water as success, right, in a waterfall, water falling from a high elevation, uh, it's going to pull up at the lowest point of elevation. 
so, hey, being a servant leader actually does end up <laughs> reaping uh, the bulk of the of the um, of the rewards or whatnot at, at certain times. Right. Because you're at the lowest elevation receiving that trickle down. Um, so, yeah, man, I, I've definitely I've seen it in practice as far as helping somebody else be in, in alignment to get their promotion, um, especially like. It's just if you're listening and you're in a corporate setting, um, and you, you're, you really want to get a promotion. The fastest way to get a promotion or to be hired for that next level position is to help your leadership get promoted. That's the that's the fastest way. Help your leadership, whether they're a direct leader or a dotted line leader or a matrix leader. Right. Help them achieve their goals. Uh, and I, I, would, I always tell folks like they're starting out a job or if they've been stagnant in a position, I tell them, hey, you know, set up a 30 minute mentoring session with your leader. Say, hey, I, I would like to get 30 minutes on your calendar just to better understand your story and your goals. And I just sit there for two thirds of the meeting. I'm letting them talk about their sales, talk about the things that they want to achieve. And then I want them to, you know, I ask questions to direct focus on what they want our team to achieve and what they want the company to achieve. And I align my goals for that year or for whatever, whatever that performance period is. I align my goals to try to double whatever their, their, their expectation of me is in adding to that goal. And it's a pretty simple formula. And, and again, I was able to be, you know, here I am, I'm six years going on seven years in with this company and, you know, more than doubled my salary on the entryway. Um, and I did that rather quickly, um, just applying those concepts. Of, okay. I want to help my leader get ahead. Uh, so that's that's what I would say kind of servant leadership is in practice, right? Um, it's helping everyone else um, achieve their goals and get ahead. This is Danny, and I, I appreciate that. And that's why it's very important for the people who are new into the careers that sometimes the best thing you can do is help someone else. And when you help that person, they look good. You look good. When they move, they take you with them. So it's just a natural progression, if that makes sense. Uh, I want to go back to, you talked about One Cube Up, and I love the title. I love the meaning behind it. I even love the logo. So you take this same personality, this same desire to just be a servant leader. Tell our audience today, when you started One Cube Up, how that's really been impactful as well, because I think it's a great story. I think our audience needs to learn a little bit more, but they need to learn about your entrepreneur, your servant leadership background and how you apply that exactly, not just at Lockheed, not just at the aerospace firm, but how you apply that here to OneCube. Thanks. Thanks, Danny. Uh, Excellent question. So again, my, my dream uh, with starting this company, me and my wife's dream, my wife's dream is you know, we saw a greater possibility of impact uh, that extended beyond the companies that we were labeled as, you know, stars and superstars at. Um, you know, so my, my wife, just to kind of shamelessly plug her, uh, you know, she was a chemical engineering graduate, uh, way smarter than me. She graduated cum laude, uh, cum laude, you know, uh, I graduated, thank you, Lottie, <laughs> but she graduated with, with accolades and uh, she was she was hired on. Um, and as a, as a process engineer with International Paper, the number one paper company in the world, right? So uh, she did amazing things with them earlier on in her career. She went to work for the state um, as an environmental engineer. 
but, you know, we were just like, man, how can we do more? How can we create a greater impact and really uh, share the spoils of our success through this servant leadership, right, um, with other people in our community? Because uh, we were able to, with, with kind of putting these concepts into practice, we were able to really exercise great work-life balance. Um, we were to have, we were able to have just thriving relationships, and again, have have a good impact at our company and even within the community. Um, so, but we, we were like, man, we want to do that beyond our companies. So we started One Cube Up in order to do that because uh, we wanted to be able to reach primarily um, new engineers or aspiring engineers um, and STEM professionals everywhere. Uh, because it's so easy to get wrapped up um, into, you know, working 80 hours a week right. simply because you, you don't have any direction, right? You don't really have a formula uh, of, of this type of success. Uh, you don't know how to get to the everybody's coveting the six figure mark. You don't know how to get there. So you end up working 80 hours and you're going nowhere, right? You're standing in the same position. You're, you're, you're at the same level. Um, so again, we wanted to extend the spoils of our success and the impact to go against that work all the time culture to man being effective, uh, being efficient at the, at the job, being able to, to get the most out of your 40, 50, 55 hours, right? Um, and not have to work more than that so that you can also go home and be with your family and your children um, and, you know, your friends and serve your community. Yep. So with, with one cube up, it kind of, kind of, we started, uh, with just the the kind of our career strategy uh, model. And that's, we still offer career strategy sessions where I really help uh, aspiring engineers and, you know, kind of new professionals, STEM professionals, either get their foot in the door or advance in their career, right? Um, but I've also helped, you know, uh, we, through this, we, we've helped, you know, people with 10, 15 plus years of experience um, in engineering because, we know that mid-level engineer, there's a need there too. It's easy to get stagnant. You know, once you once you you have that little success in the beginning, you get the family and everything. It's easy to kind of get stagnant in your position. Um, but with one cube up again, we infuse these principles in the people at that that level of uh, you know, just being stagnant. We infuse these principles there and we kind of empower them and and light the fire again. Uh, of, about leadership and going forward and growing. And, and we kind of tell them, hey, you know, the more you grow in your career, the more impact you can you can create. And that's really what a lot of our clients want. What I hear, two things real quick, just for everyone, uh, three things, actually. One, uh, it's great that you're able to transition this over to this particular position, this particular role. And to let our audience know that sometimes a side hustle can become the main hustle. Your side hustle can actually make more money than your main hustle. So you don't have to go all in, go get all this money to be to be an entrepreneur. You can start off small. Just want to let the audience know that, number one. Number two, um, if you are going to go in and you do know that you're going to need a partner, get a strong partner. As Trey said, his wife is amazing. She She's the smart one. I think I think he's the hustle. She's the, she's the brain. So you want to make sure that if you're going to go all in, have a strategy, have a plan. And then number three, it's the principle. The way Trey's character has been built from the beginning is always to work harder, to go get a lot of feedback, get mentorship, go ask questions, go and serve, do the dirty work, do whatever needs to be done. And that principle has allowed him to continue to move forward to starting One Cube Up. And I think if anything our audience hears today, 
take those three things, those three principles, add them all together, and you will have a better chance for success. I'm not saying you have to find yourself an amazing spouse. All I'm saying is you got to, at times, know your strength, know your weakness. And if you have to bring on a co-founder or someone else, make sure that person completes you, completes the vision, completes the project. Uh, I'll turn it back over to David, but I just want to make sure our audience hears that. And I appreciate it. This is Dave. And you kind of stole, or at least it's going to lead into what I was going to ask Trey. And this is what happens when we're twins, right? You know, Dan starts to think the way I'm trying to think and I'm trying to figure out what he's going to ask and because we get excited about our guests. And so Trey, here's what I wanted to ask you regarding being an entrepreneur and really having your hands in several businesses, having your hands in several different ventures. And all that is not just for your family. You're thinking about other families and other people, but when you think about this journey of being an entrepreneur, in your mind, from your perspective, what have been some of the advantages of taking that leap of faith? And then what are still some of the challenges you think that younger or those who have been entrepreneurs for few years are still struggling with? We'll be right back after this short break. We want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Paul Jackowitz of pauljackowitz.com. For all your website design and management needs, visit Paul Jackowitz. That's Paul, J-A-C-K-I-E-W-I-C-Z.com. Are you projecting the right image to your market? Are you optimizing your name recognition and presence online? Elite Public Image is a leader in strategic communications and marketing solutions, ranging from public relations, brand communications, and content marketing strategy to social media and reputation management for businesses, professionals, and VIPs of all types. Whether you're looking to develop a particular brand or need a brand refresh, look no further than Elite Public Image. Visit ElitePublicImage.com and let Elite put their experience to work for you. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners for a free consultation over the next two weeks. Visit our website and schedule your free 30-minute consultation. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. And Dave, great, great question. Um, I definitely, I would say that by being kind of this serial entrepreneur, um, I've developed this this level of confidence um, in in God and, and in myself um, that I really am appreciative of, uh, and it's it's really been helpful because again, I, I got I have a wife, uh, we got three children, um, and you know I, I I've put in the work. Um, and I've seen God allow these things to happen that uh, really um, enable me to shift and to take even more leaps of faith. So I, I would say that's the biggest thing, man. You know, I took the initial leap on a lot of these ideas. You know, just in the, the, the one of the biggest leaps was when I was told I was back at Auburn again. I told you guys three years in, I was still a freshman. Like on paper, I was a freshman three after three years, man. 
Um, <laughs> I remember, you know, I was around some of my some of my peers and they were like, man, how many classes you got left? And <laughs> at that time, they used to put it on your, your ID uh, badge, man. Like they put your, your year or your, your status or whatever. And I remember everybody's like, yeah, we got the new badges, you know, and they're like, yeah, I'm still a sophomore. I'm a junior now. And I'm looking at mine just like, dang, you know, <laughs> I'm a freshman. Um, and the biggest leap for me at that time, man, because I, I, I came, you know, came into the faith at that time. And I, I was told by guidance counselors, hey, you need to switch majors. You know, you need to switch. You need to switch your major. You, it's nearly impossible for you to graduate with this degree in engineering let alone aerospace engineering. So you need to switch. And I took that, I took the leap of faith and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to quit school because I couldn't see myself doing another major. I was like, I'm not going to switch majors. I'm not going to quit school. I'm going to just go for it. And it was like that nothing was guaranteed because I was, I had already exhausted all of my, my mulligans, right? All my, my do agains, my do overs, they were, they were fully exhausted. So it was kind of like, if you don't pass, this next class, this next semester is over for you. <laughs> and I did that for three years. So um, with, with that, that was kind of the biggest leap, but that gave me the confidence to, okay, now these jobs are telling us if you don't have a 3.0, don't even look at us. Like, don't even, don't even set your mouth up to say Lockheed Martin, will you hire me? Don't even, like, I remember at an informational session, uh, you know, for the, it was like a minority engineering program. Lockheed came in, great presentation. I'm fired up. And, you know, they're, they're just like, hey, we got internships available. We got positions available. But if you don't have a 3.5, then you better have some strong co-op and internships or some strong extra, extracurriculars. And if you don't, uh, if you don't have, uh, if you have those, you better at least have a 3.0. And, you know, I'm just sitting there with like a 1.9, like, you know, like, man, this is the only company, you know, I really, you know, I want, this is my dream company. Uh, and they were like, don't look. But you know what I did? Because I, because I had built up the faith to keep going in school, I kept applying. <laughs> I kept applying. That landed me uh, an internship, um, you know, that landed me an internship with GKN Aerospace. I knocked that out in the park. They invited me back the next year for another internship. And, you know, I developed a resume. But as I kept leaping out and getting out of my comfort zone and refusing to accept what society was deeming on me because of my failures, as I kept doing that, man, I just kept, I would say, getting stronger. And again, I'm not boasting on myself because, again, I see how God was building me up through these things. But I, I kept getting stronger, man. So it turned into, hey, you know, I'm, I'm at my job, right? And you know what? Um, instead of uh, instead of taking a position on a, on a shift that's going to interrupt my family and and my 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 work with the ministry uh, to make more money, I'm gonna I'm take this shift. I'm gonna keep with this shift. I'm gonna trust that something better is coming. I'm gonna put in the work. And uh, I stepped out there, and I would put myself in for that that interview you know, for the next interview, for the next interview, for the next. And I, I got promoted through that. So that that kind of was like, OK, well, I can do entrepreneurship as well. Um, I see there's a high failure rate, but that's not that's something that I'm accustomed to at this point in my life. Right. <laughs> having having failed most of college, uh, having, you know, failed a little bit before that. But I was like, I'm a cousin. A little bit of failure is OK, because at that point, I developed the ability to really learn from the failures.
well, you know what? I'm going to try it. And I started, I started doing proposals. You know, <laughs> I started speaking to people without, without having much material or anything. I just knew the skills that I had and, and I had belief in that. And I, I just started talking to folks, man. And um, again, the same, as I mentioned earlier, you know, a lot of my peers I saw early on in my career, nobody was talking, nobody was being vulnerable. Nobody was asking questions. And it's, it's very similar with entrepreneurship, except it's the, it's the reverse, right? Is you have a product, you have a service that you know can help people, but you got to go talk to them about it, right? And, and talk to them. And then you got to listen to understand what they actually need you to help them with. And then you got to deliver, man. So this Dana, I appreciate you bringing that up. And one of the things I would like to take the time real quick is let the audience hear this. This is an individual who has continued to move forward towards their dream, towards their goals. And no matter what you do in life, even if it's a, a side hustle, a full-time hustle, whatever you want to call it, uh, you don't give up on your dreams. You don't give up on your passions. But along the way, you create this methodology. And I want to encourage our audience today, listen, the principle you need to take away is this. It's very simple. Whatever you do in life, the, what you learn and how you learn where you're at today can be applied for the future and then the next opportunity, the next opportunity. But along the way, don't give up what you are, your DNA, being a servant leader and all that. And so we talked all about that. And I'm very grateful for you bringing that up and really talking about the struggle. And you, you said, hey, you know, being an entrepreneur, you can go out of business. It's not easy. And so I want to make sure everyone stays focused. And remember, at the end of the day, mentorship is key. That's why one cube up is there. Mentorship is the key. That's why I trade it and give up. Mentorship is the key when you're an entrepreneur. Do not go at it alone. Get lots of advice. Get lots of wisdom. If you listen to our podcast, you know we're bringing on real entrepreneurs. You can share the struggles. And by the way, another good thing about wisdom, when you get it from people who are older than you or who've done it before, you don't have to do it again. You don't. You can learn from the history. So I'd rather save my money and learn from other people who are successful rather than waste my money, throw it away and have to start all over again. So I appreciate you bringing it up, Trey. Uh, thank you. Trey, this is David. I gather here. What, what have been some of the, the, the lessons that you've learned as an entrepreneur for yourself that you continue to pour into these leaders, the tech uh, focus that you have, the program that you're putting together for young leaders that are interested in technology, uh, but what have been some of the lessons you've learned about yourself? What, what, what have you seen about Trey Wright that's either continued this passion and drive to build more or to refine your own process and thinking? And Dave, that's, that's an excellent question. I'll say one of the things uh, that I've learned about myself is that, you know, some, sometimes you can be in this space where you're striving to be positive um, and optimistic about everything. And you can be so optimistic that it can kind of lead to a little bit of deception um, for yourself, right? Um, and what I mean by that is I could struggle with procrastination or um, I could struggle with uh, really understanding uh, the urgency in an opportunity and the importance that, you know, I, I make make a deadline or, or show up early on a thing because I, I'll be so optimistic and positive. That I'm like, oh, yeah, I have plenty of time. Right. Um, you know, I, I got what it takes to get it done. Right. I got plenty of time. Um, so again, back back what you you and Danny have mentioned, Dave, that uh, man having strong partnership helps overcome that because you know my my wife is very much observant 
of what's coming on down the line, right? And what's way, way down the pipeline as far as like, hey, have have you thought about this? Or uh, what are we going to do when this happens? Um, so we, we complement each other in that. Uh, but I've learned to help myself with that uh, by really setting up these parameters, you know, so that I, I understand, again, the, emer- the urgency. Sometimes, rather than just thinking about the opportunity in itself, I have to remind myself of the principle. I have to remind myself of the, the why, right? Um, so why, do I, why, did I, why did I engage in this opportunity or in this talk in the first place? Um, and kind of remind myself, maybe write out a little blurb about it, right, uh, that I could look at and reflect on to keep me focused um, and, and remind myself of those things. And early on, man, especially, uh, again, within just my corporate career, uh, early on, I put that into practice. You know, I wrote, I wrote some things down on the index card, and I looked at them often. And I was like, man, this is the type of person I want to be. Uh, you know, this is the, these are the types of things I want to accomplish. This is how I want to serve my family and, and those around me. And I, I just had to keep reflecting on that. And, uh, you know, it was ingrained in me. Uh, and, you know, I didn't have to look at the index card so much as I progressed. Right. Um, so that's that's one of the things uh, that I've learned. Just again, this this uh, this vulnerability to to lose focus. You know, I guess that's, that's in a short <laughs> in a short way. That's how I could phrase that. Um, so, well, I appreciate it, Trey. This is David again. And and what I love about our conversation today is just how authentic you are as a person, as a leader. And it's reminding me of that show. That's why I brought it up. It's because these individuals come down from their positions and they understand the people that are there. They understand the people that are serving. They understand their dreams, their desires. At the end of the show, what's amazing is sometimes you'll have the undercover boss, the owner say, I've seen the way you were and I see who you really are. You need to be training full time and they give them a promotion or they put them in a different role that fits or that's more in alignment with what their desires are or what they hope to see themselves. You see some of them go out and say, I'm going to help you with your own education and get them in a position where they're going to go back to school or what have you. That's the, 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 the blessings of why I love watching that show. There are times there's some weirdness there, but at the end of the day, you, you love that connection that the bosses have with their people. That's where I believe true servant leadership is. You're learning connect you have empathy, you're learning to communicate, you're learning to share the power, or you're learning to share the influence that's there. And as you mentioned earlier with the illustration of the waterfall, you're going to be benefited even more when they grow. So as they grow, you grow. And it also tells me that as an entrepreneur, you can't be afraid to grab the coattail of someone who's going, doing it or going ahead of you. And you can't be afraid to reach back with your arm in your hand and say, come with me and grab somebody else with you. Because as you succeed, you know that others that are working with you will succeed as well. Or as they succeed, you will succeed as well. So, Trey, I really appreciate you sharing that because a servant leader is first when he places his people first. A servant leader may not naturally feel like this is their strength, but it will become a strength over time when they start to see the benefits of the people that they're pouring themselves into shine and grow themselves. So, Trey, I want to thank you for coming on the program with my twin brother and I. It's been an honor and a privilege. I look forward to continuing our dialogue. If you're listening to this program today, you want to learn more about Trey Wright and his organization, One Cube Up, go ahead and visit that website, onecubeup.com. He's going to make his ebook available for all of our listeners, and he's going to give our special listeners a discount into a membership to get more access and material 
from him and his organization. Trey, thank you for spending some time with my twin brother and I. It's, it's been an honor. It's been an honor, Dave. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Please subscribe and follow us on Instagram at DSP Leadership and visit us online at dspleadershipgroup.com to learn more about our workshops and trainings. We will see you on the next episode of the Twins Talk It Up podcast.